Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She is Rochelle Learling. He is David Foster. And we both help founders and entrepreneurs in their work and in their businesses. Today, we want to talk to everybody about that silent partner that we all have. Oftentimes, it's a silent partner who has a controlling interest in how we behave, what we decide, how we react, what we do. And it's an incredibly deep topic, but it's one we're going to start to wrestle with and probably have other episodes on. And that's the ego. It's often talked about, often cited, and we are necessarily in a lifelong struggle or maybe partnership with our ego. And we wanted to bring it up to people today because it's incredibly important in business. Mm, Yeah, I think we talked about the ego more or less every episode in the past months (laughs) without like wanting to have like a full episode on it. But I think, as you said today, like, why don't we talk about the ego? It's a perfect moment to actually address it head on talk about the dangers, the pros, the benefits, and also just kind of like shed a light on the effect of the ego so that we can all kind of take our distance from it and see what what it does for us and our, our businesses. I agree. I think explaining at least some perspectives on it and how it might affect us for better and worse is a really good idea. And that's kind of starting with what it is. Mm. So yeah, what is the ego? (laughs) I'm not a dictionary, but I would say it's part of our sense of self. It is the I, it's the myself that we, we feel we are. The ego protects us to stay close to who we think we are and who we have been in the past. So you could say it's part of staying to our comfort zone. I think it's self, self-worth and identity, right? Like how we perceive ourselves and what we are worth, what our value is. And I think the best way to describe it, especially in the context of work, is the ego is the the part of us that often is the mediator or negotiator between outside demands and inside demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be that can be the launching point for almost highlighting how important the ego is. And it's it's a balance. We need a certain amount of ego in order to survive as people. And we need that ego to be somewhat reined in or somewhat considerate of the outside demands so that we have relationships with other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the ego has a bad rep. Like the word is often used as a joke, like, oh, you have a big ego. He has a big ego. They're working from their ego. But the ego is just actually helping us to live the way we are, to be individuals in a place where there's groups and communities as well. Uh, how do we distinct ourselves from them? But also, who are we, right? Who are we bring like to bring things into the business in this sense? And I think it has its importance, but it's I think where where it's overused, where the ego has an over over influence is where things go wrong in business. I would agree with that in general. And the idea of he or she has a big ego or that's just his ego talking or something like that, that can be accurate. It can also be a incorrect accusation. Yeah. I don't like what you're saying, so I'm going to label it ego. And our culture teaches us that we're not supposed to be ego-driven. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we are all ego-driven and we should be. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much and what form it takes. And if you can, oh God, I almost hate saying this, but if you can have a conversation with your ego, you can recognize what's healthy and find that balance. Mm-hmm. That's the real trick. 
-hmm. because nobody starts a business without an ego. No, but I think that's exactly the point of maybe just addressing this topic head on. That's oftentimes with these examples as well, we give ego a bad name, whereas Mm -hmm. ego brings us so much. So maybe that's next point that we could discuss, like in which way does the ego serve us as business owners? Mm -hmm. Because the, the definition of poison is in the dose. And so if there's too much, mm-hmm. when you are in business, you miss out on so many things. Like you, you miss out on being able to make connections with other people who, by the way, are necessary for a business to work, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have enough, well, then you don't have any boundaries because the ego is yep. really the piece of you that creates the boundaries that says, this is not going to work for me, or this is not right for me, or this hurts me. Mm-hmm. And to paint it with a broad brush and say ego is bad, uh, that puts you in a really bad position, puts you in a really weak position. Yeah. And it's just a generalization. It doesn't make sense because the ego, I think, also helps us to propel into starting a business. Like, I have an idea. I came up with something. This is innovative. This should be here in the world. And I want to bring it. And that is the good side of the ego, like understanding our our skills, our knowledge, our confidence, and and being able to pull that off, or at least trying to pull that off. That's how it serves us too. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, Mm -hmm. ego can get in our way, especially if we want to be too involved in ownership, in leadership, in team, because we just want to be important. That's also part of the ego, where there's too much ego. Agreed. Completely agree. And so let's just highlight some examples of where ego benefits somebody in a business. And In a lot of ways, I think that, especially for our listeners who have their own business or are starting one or are building one, you know, your ego, our egos really give us strength. Yeah. They give us the will and the perseverance and the grit to be able to create something new and stick with it. And so recognize that as one of the good things that an ego provides you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think... Ego also gives us the grit to keep going when things get hard because we have built something that made us proud or made other people proud or it benefits people like our clients and we know how much it can bring others. So we have the confidence in ourselves and what we put out there in order to to bring it forward and give it another chance when things get hard. What do you think indicates too little ego or too much ego? In other words, if somebody's listening and saying, okay, I get it, Mm -hmm. but how do I know or what kind of feedback can I look for to see if I have, uh, let's say, the right amount of ego in my interactions at work with the people that I have as customers, clients, vendors, that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. It's hard to say there's like a skill of ego and you're on this side or that side, but I would say with too little ego, you don't have many or any boundaries in work. So mm-hmm. you're selfless. You feel like you should always give more than you get. You push when you should actually stop and take care of yourself. You say yes when you should be saying no, that kind of thing. And the other side of that would be too much ego where you just want to be on the front pages. It's all about you, the CEO, the founder, your pictures everywhere. People should only work with you and your team is just not important, not important enough. They're not as special as you are. I would say those are two sides. How are you? I think you're onto something there. For me, not having enough ego usually manifests as resentment. Because if you don't have good boundaries and you end up 
doing things that don't work for you, that you shouldn't do, that are maybe even getting close to being abusive, meaning that somebody's abusing you, then you start to feel this really strong feeling of resentment. Hmm. This is not working for me, but for whatever reason, maybe my ego is not strong enough or I'm not listening to it, I'm not standing up for myself. Hmm. And then I think on the other side, there is a almost a litmus test of how it's working. Like, how are the things that you're involved in working? And are you taking the, let's say, the right amount of blame? Because if you can't take any blame, if you don't realize your mistakes, in many ways, your ego is necessarily involved saying, well, you did it all the correct way, but it's Rochelle's fault. If she had just done this thing Mm -hmm. a different way, then there wouldn't be a problem. Right. If that is the let's say, common story, well, maybe it's time to look at the ego and try to figure out ways to pull it back a little bit. Right. So even saying that being delusional about how things really are, trying to bend it in your your benefit. Right. Which is an incredibly difficult thing to do because, you know, there's a quite logical and common argument that the world we perceive is really just a manifestation of us being delusional. (laughs) (laughs) Is this for another episode? Yeah, this gets into a concept of reality that maybe we'll record but never publish. So this is a great leaping off point to say, well, how does the ego hold us back in business? Mm -hmm. What does it do? And I think that I think that that's very difficult because it requires awareness, but you should still try. And if if you find yourself sort of like always assuming that you have the answers, right reason to what's going on. And if you dare ask the people around you the same question, if that's the most common answer, that's your ego holding you back. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. So basically you are at the center of everything. Mm -hmm. You are the best at things, you know best, and you need to reconfirm that position by constantly getting all the questions, for example, from the team. I would say that it's keeping your business small when you have a too big of an ego. When all ends, I'll come back to you. So you are needed. Uh, The client only asks for you. Your team needs your involvement, answering questions, solving problems and getting solutions. When everything leads back to you, that makes you feel great. You are important. You're involved. You know best but your business is just stuck in a certain scale because you are needed. Yes. And, you know, like, look, like if you're the person who started the business, you may know things that some other people don't, Mm -hmm. but the reverse is also true. They may also know things. And I think one way to test the overbearing strength, to test whether your ego is overbearing in this way is, do you feel hurt? when other people succeed. Hmm. Because if you go to the meeting, you have the idea that is your best idea. And so therefore you think it's probably a pretty good one. And you allow the meeting to go on in such a way that somebody else's idea or other people's solutions rise to the top and you feel hurt or you feel like you've done something wrong or you use that terrible, terrible word should, I should have thought of that. There's another place to have a conversation within yourself to try to figure out how to not let your ego drive the bus so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that can lead to you 
being a pinball to everything that's happening in your business, to being overly emotionally reactive to the ups and the downs. And also with that, attaching your self-worth to the ups and the downs. I think that's also a really important part of ego that now if we have an overly, overly active ego, that we always want to have that win and show that we are doing great. Mm-hmm. Whereas when, as you just said, when things don't go this way that you wish or that you think was best, you feel so belittled. That I think is also a sign of you being too attached to the ego or having too much ego. Mm-hmm. So if we shift, that's the inside, which I completely agree with. The outside is that if you are too driven by your ego, you have a very hard time making good connections at work. Yeah. Because in a lot of ways, the people at work don't have the opportunity to connect with you exactly. They only see and feel your ego most often, right? And there are very, very few businesses that work where you don't form human connections. Yeah. Yes, I understand that there are some, you know, solopreneurs who do everything digitally, never speak to a person. It is possible. But if you're going to have clients and a team and vendors and work in an industry, you're going to have to be able to connect to people. If you let your ego lead, it's just going to be very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. No, I would definitely agree with that. And I would add that basically you, on the flip side, want to be more open and more vulnerable about how things are going. So you're open to support. Mm -hmm. You're open to new insights. But if you're too much in your ego, you will never show the weaknesses of yourself and your business. And you don't want to look bad. And then the question is, is this looking bad really? Or is it just being honest about reality? But I think the ego gets in our way of showing who we really are. Mm -hmm. As you say, at at work in collaborations, in, in team collaboration. But it also kind of lets us miss out, I think, on what could have been. Because if we connect really well with our clients or with our team, that does so much for productivity, does so much for for more outcomes, for better outcomes, better results with our clients too. So yeah, it can definitely be a struggle to not be able to connect because you have to stay in a certain identity of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, this whole idea of looking bad is quite interesting to take apart, I think, because... Do you actually look bad? No. When somebody else's, even like make it extreme, when somebody else's idea wins, does that make you look bad? No, not at all. I think that the ego in general clouds our decision-making ability. Absolutely. Because, you know, the ego is a primal survival-based part of ourselves. And we probably used to as a species live in a zero-sum game so that if you got some food that meant that I couldn't Mm -hmm. and so I need to win in order to stay alive. It's really not much more complicated than that. But if we go to a meeting and your idea or somebody else's idea prevails, that doesn't mean that I don't get to have lunch. No. No, it's as simple as that, but it sounds super, super strange. It's true that indeed, if your if your idea doesn't get through, I mean, who cares? I mean, it's about the, the end goal. It's about working together towards progress, towards a new result, towards a new version of your product or service. And it's not about you. I think that's maybe also good to mention that when we're too much in the ego, we're too much focused on ourselves. Whereas when we're building a business and growing it, we should be focused on the mission, the end goal, the the big thing that we all want to achieve together, the impact we'll make, rather than me being part of that 
and me being good enough, kind of proving my self-worth in that process. Right. Although I, I kind of want to pull back a little bit and say, remember the balance. Yeah. Right. Like you can't go into a meeting and have no ego whatsoever. That's not healthy. You're going to get run over. You're going to build up resentment. It's going to be awful. Yeah. At the same time, you can't go in thinking that it's a zero-sum game. There has to be a little bit of a balance there. And if you find that your identity is threatened by the results of a meeting, getting a sale, not getting a sale, whatever it is, that's time to tip the scales in the other direction, right? Mm -hmm. If you find that you go to a meeting and, of course, it's me that has to do that, like I didn't realize, and now I just have to do this, and you feel a little resentful, maybe your ego needs to, you know, needs a little boost there. Mm -hmm. And the idea that you can control your ego, I think is a really dangerous one. You can work with your ego. You can appreciate it for what it is. You can even get to the extent of like taming it when you start to feel really upset or when something comes up, but you will never, we will never win a fight with our ego. Mm -hmm. I don't care how many internet memes or David Goggins videos you watch, right? It is just not going to happen. We need it to survive. Mm -hmm. Accept it, work with it, use that prefrontal cortex and see if you can make some progress. But don't try to eliminate it because it's just going to come back full force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that being said, the ego is part of us. That's part of being human. Mm -hmm. We have to embrace that. But there is there is a balance to strike here. And it's kind of hard to say, like, do this. There's no number one tip to get to the right amount. But I think it's just an awareness that we have to create in those situations. The example you just gave about my idea not being chosen. How do I feel about myself now? Does it affect me? And if so, why does it affect me? And what does it matter? Right. Is it about me or not? And why would I get so much strength and so much confidence from having my idea being chosen or not? I think it's just being really aware of that and not judging yourself for feeling, for instance, very, very down about not having your idea chosen to give that example again, but just playing with that. Like, why does it bother me so much? Am I too focused on this and this and that? Am I trying to prove myself here? And for what cause? And from there, kind of like tipping that skill towards more of you know what, this is not about me, right? And yes, I do want to mm -hmm. be involved and I do want to engage and do want to give my opinion because I think I have something to share that's valuable. But up until that point and from that point onwards, everything up there is just unhealthy. I love all those questions. And I love that you mentioned awareness mm. because you're right. We can't give a blood test or, you know, a physical therapy or some kind of like mantra to like perfectly balance the ego but you can ask questions. And as soon as you ask yourself questions, you're using a different part of your brain. And by being aware, it's almost impossible for the ego to have uh, full control, if that makes sense. Yeah. And in business, you have to be aware of the other person that you're working with. And you have to be aware of the thing that you're trying to achieve, whether it's the meeting or the project or the business itself. And for people who I work with that I suspect are maybe a little bit heavy in the ego department, I think it always makes sense for them to put a little bit more effort into listening, a little bit more effort into watching, and to try to cultivate a habit of just pausing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because that awareness is necessarily the prefrontal cortex 
having some decision-making power and you don't answer. Sometimes people say, well, I just answered instinctively. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I think that's the ego, right? Your thing got picked. So I'm going to say the really shitty thing about your, you know, your, your outfit or your job or something like that, right? That's the ego trying to protect itself and practicing that listening and watching and pausing that just brings it down a little bit. And you don't want to try to kill your ego. You don't want to like completely remove it. You just want to start to tip the scales in a healthier balance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So are we just basically saying that we have to befriend our ego, work with it, play with it, listen to it, be aware of it and use it to our advantage? Yes, I, I completely agree. Because if you can practice also almost like becoming aware or learning and accepting that alternative solutions, views, decisions exist. You don't have to agree with them. You just have to almost be curious about, huh, why did she say that? Why does she do that? Not like talking to your child who just set the living room rug on fire, right? Like, why did you think that was a good idea? But more, you know, a very, a very quiet and humble, like, huh, what is that all about? Yeah. But if you can be sort of kind to that ego, why did Rochelle wear that shirt? Huh. All right. So let me think about that. Okay. Not judgmental. There's a little practice and that starts to snowball mm -hmm. and that helps that balance so that I can accept your shirt, but I may not wear one just like it next week if that doesn't fit me. Right. And I know your shirt's not going to fit me. You know what I mean. <laughs> Great example. No, but yeah, agree as well. And it is part of who we are. And especially as entrepreneurs, we, I think, yeah, maybe this is not like a statistic, but I think that entrepreneurs need more ego in their professional role than a regular somebody who works at a company because we need our ideas to be, well, to be chosen to in order to start that business, in order to keep the grit to make it happen, to go and push those doors open and to be there and show like, look, we got a great idea. You got to listen to us. That helps in certain situations, but it's not something to keep on doing in every situation. Uh, we don't have to play hardball with everything and everyone in order to just to, to win, because the winning of a business, aka success, does not only come from pushing through and just me, me, me. It's rather balance in certain moments where you need to be more proactive with it and say like, listen, I'm very confident about this, or I'm very confident about these ideas, and then finding a way to, to squeeze it all in. But we cannot feel so confronted or enraged by something not going the way our ego wants, because that's life. And that's also business. But yeah, awareness is all I think we can give as an advice here because we have an ego. We will never get rid of an ego. It has its purpose, but we just have to be aware that when we're misusing it or feeling disappointed by it, basically. So I think in some ways, this is why this partnership between the two of us works, because I think almost the exact opposite of something that you said. Hmm. I think for an entrepreneur, founder, somebody in that position to be successful, they actually would benefit from having a little less ego. And that's not meaning that they let their boundaries be trampled or anything like that. But let's say a business is founded on some sort of invention, a tech invention. Mm -hmm. You know, I figured out how to do this or my team and I figured out how to do this. Okay, great. We know that the execution of that idea is 
more than 90% of its probability of success, right? In order for that to happen, a founder or an entrepreneur has to be completely open to, well, how is this going to be executed? It's relatively unlikely that they figured out some technological innovation and are also masters at sales, marketing, accounting, you know, partnerships, JVs, you know, legal process, the, the entire thing. And so if they are prepared to have a flood of, let's call them experts or expertise come in and they can accept that, mm-hmm. well, then they're better off. Now, yes, they need some grit. They need that idea of perseverance. But one thing that I find myself saying when I help people and I talk to them is your perseverance is not about you. It is about this idea, which is necessarily going to morph over time and going to require a lot of people to get involved to be successful. Mm -hmm. If you make it about you, well, then you've just given yourself a major, major disadvantage. And this kind of works into one of the last things on my list is that, you know, a great way to keep balance or to make sure that your ego doesn't trample you or others, depending on which side of the scale you're on, is to make a habit of realizing your own limitations. Mm -hmm. And it's not difficult if you practice it. And even so, you've got somebody who's a founder who is also a long distance swimmer. Okay, great. How far can you swim? Could you swim double that? Could you swim triple that? Is there some end to it? Yes. I recognize there's an end to it. Just that exercise will help that person that you know, sort of like neurological wiring that will help that person when they are in a meeting. I may not know this. I may not know the best answer to this. I may not be able to do everything, right? And so I think that's another, I don't know whether you want to call it trick or method, but some way to try to stay attached to how well your ego is balanced inside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I was just going to say that throughout this whole episode, I think this is something we can agree on, that there's often too much ego involved in business rather than too little, right? (laughs) I think that's the point of view that we're coming from. And if we look at business that sustains itself and skills itself and becomes successful, it's never a matter of just staying to the first idea and the first person or persons that founded it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. There is a need to be open and receptive to new ideas, new angles, new people coming in and running with our idea in order to make it a success. And I think that is a challenge for the ego when there's too much ego, that it's not just about us. And I think that's what I meant uh, somewhere in the beginning as well, that if we focus too much on ourselves, that's when our ego kind of takes over and looks at either my idea fails or succeeds. It's all about me and my input. I need to be important. I need to be involved rather than this is a mission that we're working towards. This is the impact we want to make together. And this is my role and my potential added value, but it's not only about me. I cannot, you know, take all the toys in the sandbox and play here with myself. Rather, I think I would have more fun having people play with me too and have a fun time. And I think that is kind of the balance that we want to strike that you got to understand collaboration, I think is everything. And for the ego that might be threatening sometimes. You know, I love that idea of it's not all about me. Because you can judo that into all of this is not about you, right? And so if you prepare your best and you studied it in school 
and you've come up with the thing and you go to the meeting or you work on the project and nothing that you do is additive, none of your ideas work, none of the things that you tried to achieve, you achieved, you're still a good person. Mm. You're still you. Yeah. And if the reverse were true and you went in and you basically did the entire project for whatever reason, that doesn't make you a better person. Yeah. And that's where that very common phrase that your ego lies to you. Yeah, your ego is lying to you in both situations there. Yeah. And that's where you start with the awareness, the curiosity. What is this all about? What are my real limitations? Do I listen, watch, pause? That helps balance it. And this is not something that any of us will ever get rid of, ever. No. Accepting that and accepting your ego as if it were somebody that you cared about, it's a pretty good set of steps to take. I have nothing more to add. I think this is a beautiful conversation. And uh, <laughs> once again, Deep, but I think I hope people take away that ego is not a bad thing. And I think one of the things that I really take away from this conversation is that there's a scale, right? And there's good and bad on the scale and there's too much and too little on the scale too. And it's just finding that healthy point on the scale and and constantly rebalancing that because we would have, you know, we will go a little bit too far and then recognize that and say, ah, that was too much. Like I, I don't need to be that attached to my own idea and then go back on that scale. And I think that's it. Awareness is everything. And it makes it so much lighter for us to carry our business, to see competition as collaboration and new ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I think the ego is is a great friend to have <laughs> once you start to embrace it in the right way and not use it in a wrong matter. That's a great way to put it because it's there. It's your choice whether you're going to be friends or not. Yeah. And I think what I want to leave people with is when, when you start to feel and see things like resentment, pride, you know, this idea of being hurt when somebody succeeds or when you don't succeed, if you're hurt mm -hmm. when you don't succeed, if you're resentful when things don't go your way, that's a really good time to start asking questions and build that awareness. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And as you and I discussed before we hit record, we think it's also very helpful for people to hear some thoughts and ideas about ego and leadership in business. Yeah. Because that balance of ego when you're a leader, man, that's critical. That is really critical. So we want to spend an entire episode talking about that. To be continued. Whether we like it or not, the <laughs> ego will always be continued. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance, and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.